Welcome to Inside Scoop with Sean Emery. Every week we are examining something new, bringing you closer to companies, sectors, and themes. This recording should not be construed as a substitute for personalized individual advice from Avery and Company or any guests on the show. This is for educational purposes only and not intended to make an offer or solicitation for any companies or securities mentioned. With that, let's get on with the episode. All right. Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to This Week in Fundamentals, our Friday episode and series. It was a big week for all things fundamentals. Over 100 companies reported this week alone. And with that comes historical data, what happened last quarter, but also what is happening today in more real time. The focus for us this quarter has been what is the health of the core businesses uh, for many of these businesses. Every company offers different metrics, you know, different key uh, KPIs that I think we all want to hone in on uh, and understand what those particular metrics are and understand whether they signal a healthy core. That's what matters. Uh, I'll review some of the majors today, so including uh, companies like Amazon, Google, Meta, Apple, uh, including as well ServiceNow, Upwork, and Etsy. I'll be fairly brief on those, but I think there's some key takeaways. I'll try to keep each to a couple of minutes, uh, focus on the health of the core business. And when I say core, I really mean what drives the future business. I'll also lay out what we're looking for in future reports or simply a question uh, that should be out there, at least what we're thinking about. To summarize the entire week, I think it really came down to four words, currency, comps or comparables to last year's growth, some caution, but a strong core business. And I think that was the main takeaways for the week. So let's start with Amazon. Sales grew roughly 7 to 10%, so 7% uh, at, at the headline and, and 10% in constant currency. And again, it goes back to that currency. They saw roughly a 3% headwind there. Net sales for them are expected to be roughly around $127 billion uh, for the next quarter. Big number. Obviously, they sell a lot of goods, uh, and they take some from that. Uh, and that number equates to roughly 13 to 17% growth. In the press release, uh, Andy Jassy, now the CEO, really highlighted, I mean, one of the main kind of quotes was just, we're also seeing revenue accelerate, right? And I think that's, that was a striking comment. Uh, for Amazon, it's really important to separate uh, the two businesses. So a- Amazon AWS, their cloud business, that was a really healthy $19.7 billion in the quarter alone, growing 33% annually. This is probably the most important part of Amazon from an investor's point of view, as it really makes up more than 70% of the operating income, yet only right around a fourth of total sales. So it uh, definitely swings above its weight or punches above its weight in terms of operating income for the overall business. It also speaks to the health of spending on digital, the spending on cloud more broadly. So that was a nice check mark for their core engine uh, today. Moving back to Amazon's marketplace, again, super important for them and a good read on potentially uh, macro conditions, but North America grew 10%. International was down 1%. I think the first international decline ever, you probably didn't see that in the headline, but uh, that is the real number. Now, a lot of that was due to currency. Again, going back to the currency uh, headwinds that many of these companies are facing, which will likely act as a tailwind in 2023. So again, removing currency uh, from many of these figures, you actually get much healthier numbers. So it's important to do that. Also on comparables, if you look at marketplace, it grew 39 and 21% in, in 2021 uh, during the similar quarters. Again, uh, there's Prime Day and, and there's a little mix shift in terms of that. That expected sales growth that they provided includes uh, Prime Day that just happened. And they highlighted uh, that this Prime Day was the best Prime Day they've seen ever. So it was a record Prime Day. Um, in addition, you know, international growth comparables were also very difficult. 
So again, it grew negative 1% on a constant currency base, uh, higher than that, but they were facing some of the tougher comps. So 50% and 26% growth was the comparable growth periods for those. Uh, Amazon it has roughly like 1.5 million employees, which is a staggering number. So if we're thinking about the health of the economy, this didn't show much weakness across the board. So keep in mind, more than half of the sales on the marketplace are also from third-party companies. Um, so there's an importance to the sales on Amazon and its relation to the other businesses and the health of those businesses. So if you, if you think about that and put that into context in terms of where we are uh, from an economic standpoint, you know, walking away from this, uh, again, I think the core is very healthy. You know, Amazon AWS, the, the operating income engine of this business, that is the future in terms of uh, trying to gauge the health and prime members and such. But in terms of the future, I think the biggest question for Amazon continues to be, first, can Microsoft and Google Play, or, or not Play, but Google Cloud, uh, catch up in terms of AWS? I, I think that's a question. You know, I think the answer today is no, uh, in terms of uh, just sheer uh, size and scale. Those companies lead with software and applications and then work into kind of infrastructure as a service. So that's kind of the angle they're taking. They're, making, they're catching ground, but AWS doesn't seem to be uh, being impacted as, as seen by these numbers. Amazon doesn't have kind of an application play, uh, at least in any form of major way. So that's like really where the question originates. Uh, most people, at least we speak to, suggest uh, they'll continue to win, AWS that is just given the size of the, the cloud opportunity, but, but really don't forget about some of the other players like HPE and Dell. They're not sitting idle either. GreenLake from, from HPE is gaining real traction. You know, it offers a cloud-like experience in terms of how one pays and how consumes um, their data and, and storage, but the benefits of having an owned infrastructure. So again, have that in the back of your mind as we, we, we think through that. Also, again, in the future is, is trying to get more figures and color around um, the play within health. Obviously, they made a, a big acquisition uh, recently. So that's another question and kind of what their thought process is there. That's a big market. So let's move on from Amazon and move on to the next one. Moving on to Meta. So the headline number is sales fell 0.9%. And again, this is another good example of currency and comparables. Like I said in the, in the prior uh, uh, Amazon, Meta faced a 3 to 4% currency headwind, which will likely become a tailwind over time similar for many of these players, but they're also seeing a 6% headwind this quarter in real time, which is a similar number that Apple uh, uh, said about their current quarter, and we'll get to that after. From a comparable sales perspective, they faced 55.6% growth last year during the, the, the same sales quarter. Um, so again, a very tough comp. Uh, this is a company doing $120 billion in sales, so tough to comp against that type of growth at this scale meaning kind of this company has grown roughly 25% annualized over the last two years on this size of a revenue base. Another important way to look at this, I think, is if you look at this past quarter, it's 71% higher than the same quarter in 2019 pre-COVID. So that's kind of an apples to apples comparison to understand their size relative to 2019. So it's a staggering number um, and very tough comparables for them. Very similar to kind of like what you saw with uh, Amazon's international business, uh, which had 50% growth and then declined. Um, add in, they continue to see strong traction in their reels, kind of short video format. This is something they did in 2018 with stories where more engagement on the platform shifted and moved towards a new format. Really, as that engagement starts to grow, they turn on the monetization engine. This tends to monetize at a slower rate at the beginning and then moves higher. That makes a lot of sense. One, obviously, uh, they don't want to monetize at too high of a rate to in 
ensure that engagement is strong, but also they want to uh, have and provide some leeway for advertisers to adjust their advertising to the new format. So there is this catch up that tends to happen. Reels today relative to stories is actually growing faster at this point in its life cycle relative to stories and has a billion dollar run rate and Reels engagement is growing 30%. I think that's super important as we think about the amount of time that is being spent on Reels and where it is in its life cycle. Um, the important aspect there is that stories today, which again was the product they launched in in 2018 matches the monetization or roughly the monetization of their traditional feed format. So again, as Reels catches up and it's growing very rapidly, um, we should, and, and again, I think management uh, concluded that they expect it to act uh, similar to what happened with stories, but just simply um, at a faster rate, really. Uh, now, we know advertising in general is susceptible in the terms of, of economic caution or business activity as marketing budgets uh, can pause. Obviously, it's digital. It's easy to pause. We've seen this uh, across the board, really, from many of the other companies. We saw that in 2020 uh, before they then obviously turned those back on. Also, cautious periods uh, tend to drive marketing dollars towards platforms that are consistent. Meta has that. I don't think it's a coincidence that you know Meta and Snapchat essentially have the same um, revenue growth rate in the current quarter. So I think that's an important distinction is as there is a cautious tone in the uh, economy potentially that more budget actually goes towards the tried and true platforms that exist. And we've been echoing that for time now, uh, not only for something like a meadow, but for many others. Now, there's some other key points to make. The entire app ecosystem faced iOS changes, IDFA or identifier for advertisers. This just simply means less ability for advertisers to target. That's really the big takeaway there. Now, big picture, there's, uh, again, this benefits two parties, those with large user bases that have a large quantity of first party data. It also helps uh, the open web, such as like the Trade Desk and Pubmatic and some others. On the earnings call, Zuckerberg mentioned AI and machine learning. He mentioned it uh, plenty of times. Um, the point was very clear that they see themselves as an AI first company. And this makes a lot of sense. It's really part of a structural trend that uh, we think exists and will continue to exist for a long time where AI data and automation kind of go together. You need to have all three for it to work. You need to have the data to then obviously run uh, machine learning and AI on it and then to automate many of the things that exist. And you're seeing that today specifically for uh, on their platform for uh, whether it's personalization or any other aspects of content moderation. Now, focusing on the core here uh, that helps predict the future, I think this is key. It always comes down to two things. First, uh, trend towards digital. So that remains strong. And for Meta specific, they saw users grow again this quarter to 3.65 billion users across the family of apps. So that's a key number. Uh, they're also uh, spending quite a bit on Facebook Reality Labs, which is much of their computing initiatives. However, when you strip this out, you get an operating margin of 40% today for the core kind of uh, non-Facebook uh, um, Reality Labs business. And this is 40% despite currency and deleverage due to top line flattening and uh, kind of against uh, some of the hiring that's going on. <clears throat> so put all that in a context of a company uh, of this size valued at something like 10 times EBITDA with $40 billion of cash and no debt, growing users somehow still uh, despite this size. I think that is a pretty clear takeaway. Now questions going forward. I think it really is around reels. Uh, where is it in its life cycle for engagement and monetization? Obviously the health of Quest sales for AR and VR. 
they have Cambria headset coming out soon. So we want to see the traction there. Uh, and, you know, if we use sales from Reality Labs, we estimate that roughly 10 million headsets have been sold over the last 12 months, 20 million since they've been reporting this number. Uh, and then lastly, overall users maintaining a flat or growing trajectory. So it's really understanding that core aspect of um, is the platform core healthy. Um, and one example is last month we saw Instagram have record amount of downloads uh, in the history of the company. So more people are turning onto the internet. We had a data of the week uh, uh, piece on that. And um, and that's really it. We'll move on and, and move on to Google. So Google is much easier as there is simply less going on. Sales grew 12% with really health coming from their cloud and search business. Cloud remains a, a powerful force for many of these companies. Uh, search ads were up nicely, roughly up 14%. They saw strong demand or ad demand from categories like travel, Categories like retail, uh, they called out designer retail. Um, and so that's a, a, a decent call out. Remember that these categories or some of these categories hurt Google several years ago. That's why they were actually lagging in some of these, uh, their top line growth relative to some of its peers. Uh, but now you're seeing that turn into strength. Uh, so again, it's, it goes back to this kind of comparables. YouTube grew 5%. Uh, they also faced 80% comparables from a year ago. So again, some of these businesses face tough comparables along with currency, and you're seeing at the in these figures. Uh, futuristically, again, it creates a nice baseline for these companies to grow. Cloud, Google Cloud hit $6 billion in quarterly sales for the first time, uh, but it did lose $856 million, which remains kind of this overhang as they invest to keep up uh, with the AWSs of the world and, and Azure. And it's kind of this question mark, and I'll, I'll talk about it in a second, but similar to Meta, kind of moving to engagement uh, specifically around YouTube, um, you know, and and when we think of Meta, I'm talking about Reels. YouTube has YouTube Shorts, so they shared that Shorts is viewed by 1.5 billion signed-in users each month. They are also pushing YouTube's commerce functionality, including a a partnership that they did just make with uh, Shopify for creators and merchants to feature products on their channels. So, uh, allowing YouTube to be much more commerce friendly and actionable. Uh, again, very similar commentary you heard from Meta in terms of they're kind of pushed to messaging ads, um, which are a product that allows clear return on investment dollars in terms of ad spend. Uh, big picture uh, for Google, uh, again, comparables remain tough, yet they pushed through with the cloud sales, and that remains very strong. They were asked many times on the call, on their earnings call around macro, and they said they're seeing some categories that are very strong, some categories that are weaker. Uh, but from a like a high level perspective, it's more what they're hearing than what they're seeing. Again, it's category by category, uh, and currency is one of the bigger uh, kind of call it macro issues that they're seeing, and you see that in the numbers in terms of constant currency versus headline. Going forward uh, with Google, I think the main question for us is around their goals on cloud. When and how will they grow their cloud business while trying to take share from uh, some of the larger players like again Microsoft and Amazon? but really not overextend on the cash burn. Um, Microsoft and Amazon are profitable in cloud. So you've heard uh, kind of our concept of, you know, the leaders leading during times of tough environments. So being number three and burning cash could really put this unit uh, at a disadvantage if uh, macro does get weaker as really searching YouTube businesses would likely uh, see an impact. And again, that's the, where the cash flow generation comes from. So either way, strong business, strong quarter, uh, a lot to like, uh, and yet, again, like every company, there's always questions uh, about the future. Now, Apple, let's jump into Apple. Again, I'll speed through some of these just to keep this short enough. 
Um, and when you look at Apple, look, the core is, is pretty sound. They, they saw a record amount of iPhone users on the platform, which is very much a leading indica indicator of kind of the opportunity here. Again, similar to Amazon and Prime members or Meta with uh, users on the platform, that is the key number, iPhones. Uh, it's still the core uh, and the centerpiece of all the devices they have and the services they have. Growth overall was plus 1.9%. Some of that, again, faced a 3% headwind from currency. Difficult comparables to last year, so same kind of concept here. Uh, for example, you know, uh, services, their service business grew 12% this quarter, but was growing 33% a year ago, so tough comps. They also see a 6% headwind in currency this quarter that's happening right now, uh, similar to what we heard from others. Uh, and that impacts, you know, the headline. Uh, but keep in mind, again, this will be a tailwind in the coming years. Uh, and beyond that, uh, when you look uh, at, at headline numbers. Uh, and the other couple categories for Apple, Mac, and iPad, they were down. They mentioned this was really much due to uh, supply, not being able to meet demand, that they believed uh, that there was more demand there for Mac and iPad. Um, it's just simply they couldn't uh, meet that demand. Uh, they were pushed many times on the on the call around macro. This was probably the most positive of all the calls in terms of I heard uh, management teams around macro. Uh, Tim Cook said many times uh, last quarter we can't see anything in our data supporting weakness from macro. And like everyone, you know they see or expect um, from what they're hearing and reading that we'll see softer periods. But data for them does not support this yet at the moment. Um, and that's an important takeaway, you know, question for us around Apple is, you know, it's a, it's really a love hate relationship. I've owned it, uh, a lot of my life, uh, and we owned it a long time ago. Um, uh, yet, you know, it's hard to determine where growth goes from here. Um, when you think of like uh, the, uh, penetration they already have with things like iPhone, uh, and over the next five years, I think what you're going to see again are, um, you know, one, where are they going to get new users? Uh, where will kind of these come from? Uh, will they be more international or low, low uh, price devices? If rates within you know, the uh, app store continue to come down, which is our base case, what does that do to the service line over time? Taking all together, you know, this company has a premium valuation. So again, that's the bigger questions are really around what, uh, not really what's next per se, but you know, what drives uh, revenue and earnings enough relative to valuation? That's us. Now let's move to the next three, and we will be as quick as possible here. ServiceNow, Upwork, and Etsy. ServiceNow, enterprise software, mission-critical software. We want to know the health. They continue to grow nicely. CRPO, or current remaining performance obligations, is growing 27%. Um, X-Currency, their full-year guidance, when, uh, kind of um, is now back in line where they originally started the year. Um, so that's pretty healthy. Uh, service now closed 54 1 million annual contract value deals uh, throughout the quarter and consistent with uh, kind of uh, what they did last quarter, the same kind of 54, they ended the quarter with uh, 1,463 total customers of a million dollars. And that's up 22% year over year. And they now have 110 million customers, which was up 50%. So you're seeing more customers uh, spend more on these platforms as again, more people go to uh, software, subscription, and big mission critical uh, uh, replatforming. So there's health in enterprise, there's health in software, uh, specifically software that's mission critical and that streamlines operations and that has a, a quick time to value in terms of when they buy and when they see a return. Uh, the question for them is, you know, when does the valuation get cheap enough? You know, today the enterprise value to, let's just say sales, because that's what everyone was doing is 12. And uh, what we like, enterprise value to free cash flow is nearly 40 times. 
So that's the bigger question on someone like ServiceNow. But I do think the general uh, conclusion from their earnings report was rather healthy around the demand environment for tech, software, cloud, operational, mission-critical software. Etsy, they reported, they had some probably some of the tougher, tougher uh, comparable uh, growth rates to go up against. Uh, this led to gross merchandise sales on the platform falling 0.4%. Uh, if you adjust for currency, it was plus 2.6%. Um, so again, comparables and currency, once again, the story. One of the main negatives, I think, from uh, our perspective was the decline in active buyers on a quarter-to-quarter -quarter basis. It was still up year-over-year. -year, so there is this kind of yin and yang in terms of that metric, which seems pretty core to the overall thesis here. I suspect over time, uh, you know, the active buyers on this platform uh, 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 basis and then moves higher, just given uh, the amount of category traction and some of the acquisitions. But again, I think the single biggest question is to track that active buyers over time. Uh, we do uh, see that uh, downloads and engagement, things that we track, uh, remain pretty firm and strong. Also, I think another question for Etsy is really around uh, what are they doing with these recent acquisitions of Depop and Elo7? Um, at the same time, again, as they continue to try to, to hold and, and, and maintain their user base that they brought on over the last several years. So that is Etsy and the question. The last one here is Upwork. And we have a call with them soon, but I, I thought the quarter was, was excellent. Uh, I guess the market didn't like it, uh, I guess. That's why we tend to analyze these things uh, and make judgments before turning and looking at a stock's reaction. Uh, you know, Upwork added 14,000 new customers or clients. Spending per client grew 16%. Total service volume on the platform moved past $1 billion for the first time ever. Uh, they guided to 22% growth for revenue and break-even on bottom line. Uh, so many of the core metrics were very healthy here and upbeat uh, generally. Enterprise customers grew 24%. That's 13% quarter over quarter. Um, you know, I think the big question is just how fast they and other freelance market peers can continue to pull in paying businesses, paying individuals. In our view, we think this is a very long-term trend that COVID gave legs to. Uh, and actually during like periods of macro weakness, what you tend to see is you know a pause, uh, similar to like 2020 on some of these platforms. But as businesses look to re-engage with kind of like the employee or workforce, we have seen them consistently turn to freelancers um, and then also every, every macro period, you know, as you come out of it, uh, you tend to see record amount of business formation and those businesses tend to look for, uh, freelance type of talent as opposed to hiring full time. So we've seen this repeatedly over a decade, uh, and each time you have a macro period, you see strength coming out of it, strength going into it. Uh, so that's really, really important. Having someone like an Upwork continue to invest into, uh, the environment, so let's end there. I really appreciate you guys coming on uh, and listening. I think uh, next week we'll be back with another This Week in Fundamentals, a lot more earnings reports to share. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll speak next time.